Hello everyone, you're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Boffamy-Dakin. The show where we chat to golfers from the LET Access series, present and past, about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. My guest this week is the 2021 LET Access series Order of Merit winner and Rookie of the Year, England's Lily Mae Humphreys. We may share the same middle name and age, but that is where the similarities stop, as Lily is a golf sensation and I am decisively not. Lily recently became the star of the show after a first-time win on the LET at the Joburg Ladies Open at the start of this month. In tough conditions at Modafontaine, Humphreys came out on top of a final round of 67, six under to beat the field by two shots. Her time in South Africa culminated in her winning the Investec Order of Merit, the Order of Merit on the Sunshine Ladies Tour. So I caught up with a slightly jet-lagged Lily to catch up on life recently and reflect on the time at Letas. Welcome, Lily, to the fourth episode now of the Let Us Golf podcast. Obviously, you've just come back from Singapore. Um, how are you feeling? How was that? It was good. I'm a bit tired now. I flew in yesterday morning and I'm a bit jet lagged, but I really enjoyed it. Just talk me through that tournament. How was it for you? It was all right. I didn't play my best. It was like a week too many playing in a row and from home. And it was a very last minute planned tournament really um I really enjoyed the country and stuff and I hope that I get to go back there again did you enjoy the format of the tournament because obviously with the team series it's it's a bit different yeah it's different I normally enjoy kind of a pro-am team event kind of thing with tournaments really it's quite more relaxed which is quite nice and it kind of emphasizes the kind of fun bit of golf and just enjoying it and I do quite enjoy that format a lot. Yeah, because golf is such an individual sport when you get to a high level. It's like a team, that the opportunity to play in a team, really exciting then. Yeah, I like it. It's, um, it is much nicer playing as a team. Most people would find that, and I think that's quite... That's why the Aramcos are quite hard to get in, because everyone wants to play in the team element. So we've got to talk about... Uh, South Africa and your time out there before we talk about your experiences on Letas. Obviously, your win in Joburg was a real highlight and winning the Investec Order of Merit. Now it's been a couple weeks. What's your thoughts now? It's still pretty surreal winning the Joburg Open. Yeah, it's pretty amazing and I'm kind of looking forward to just having some time off and enjoying it more and um, getting ready and hopefully trying to come close or win some more events during the year. Yeah, I did really enjoy my time in South Africa. It was pretty amazing. And yeah, they just organised the events really well. And I just really enjoyed myself out there. Was there something about South Africa that just clicked for you? Well, I I found it much more enjoyable than last year because last year was my first time there. And coming back for the second time, I knew what to expect. And I was more comfortable with the country and and I just knew more what to expect and I was much more comfortable that I could kind of focus on enjoying myself and playing golf more and so that kind of helps a lot plus I was really excited to go beforehand. So you spoke quite a lot on social media I've noticed that 2022 you described as a tough year so I just wanted to ask why it was such a tough year because you did get some decent scores on the scoreboard coming in top 10 and why was it tough for you? 
Um, it was just tough um, because I was expecting better and I didn't really play to my full potential last year. And, you know, it was tough on my game and it was tough on my mental side as well. I struggled a lot mentally and I addressed it in the off-season and at the end of last season. And it was just quite disappointing and tough for me, I guess, and getting used to the and being away from home for so long and you go away outside of Europe a lot so you have the time zone and long-haul flights more and I just didn't cope with all of it so well and I just didn't manage my time at events well. I just didn't manage a lot of my stuff that well and then my golf suffered a little bit and then my mental side suffers and that none of it helped my golf, I guess. It was just disappointing for me personally. That's really understandable, kind of that transition from Latas with less tournaments, less countries, um, and then moving to the bigger tour. What changes did you make in the off-season then to really hit this year hard? Well, I saw a psychologist at my management company kind of recommended to me, and he helps quite a lot. And then I kind of changed my coaching team a little bit and... That seems to be working at the moment, even though it's still quite new, I guess. Like I've only been with them for five months, really, which isn't really that long, but I can see the changes and the progress coming. So I'm quite happy with that at the moment and just looked at my stats and just thought, what do I need to improve? And then I reflected on when I looked at other players on the tour what I feel like I needed to improve and you know I just kind of took on everything on board and thought I'm not gonna try and do that again (laughs) try and improve everything you mentioned they're seeing a psychologist how much can you mentally train yourself as a professional golfer obviously with practice you can get better physically and get better at the game but talk me through like the mental training side of it it just practice like he gave me um breathing exercises I guess um that you just practice every night for like five minutes a night just to kind of make it normal so that you don't just do the techniques and things to calm you down just when you're stressed because then it's not part of the routine so did some of that and then practiced um one to five which is like kind of almost distractions and taking your mind off the things that are bothering you where you just kind of look around and focus on other things with your eyes or your feel feeling or hearing kind of thing you kind of try and distract yourself a bit and then other things about trying to reassure yourself almost when you're not feeling confident and stuff really there's quite a lot really and it's kind of just putting things in perspective I guess when it's quite obvious but a lot of it's kind of obvious but it's just kind of making it obvious to you in your head when you're in the tough situation a bit. Yeah that's really interesting we've not had anyone yet talk about kind of that side of the practice. Let's take it back now. Let's take it back to when you were on Lettas, which um, wasn't that long ago. It was in 2021. So, and then you got your, was it your first Lettas event you won? Yeah, in Belgium. 
I wonder if you're the first one to first person to do that. I don't actually know. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think you might be. Um, so was that did that come as a shock? I guess so. Yeah, because I'd only turned pro literally three weeks before, and I'd played two LET events. I think I know I played Evian, and then I think I played like London Aramco or something. But then I went to Belgium as my first week and I was up there on invite because I had no status and yeah it was a bit of a shock I guess like you never really know what to expect because I didn't really play any professional events as an amateur really compared to other people I pretty much didn't play any pro events so I wasn't used to playing against those players and just like the atmosphere and how it's all organized in the professional game and it was a bit of a shock it was a good feeling though <laughs> yeah I can't, I can't imagine it would be, be the best and your time on let us that year how how much did it mean to you it meant a lot I guess because it helped I didn't have to play Q school at the end of the year and I just really enjoyed it I liked the atmosphere on let us and the courses and the events were really well organised and I did really enjoy my time on Lettas and it's quite important because it kind of gives you the stepping stone up to the next level onto the LET and they host quite a lot of events really, quite a lot so you get to play most weeks in the summer and it's a pretty good stand, it's still pretty competitive. Yeah, I think it was really good for me. Your favourite tournament? in that year obviously the, the win the, the win at Flanders may, might be top of the list but yeah I'm just trying to think um I enjoyed playing like the Nordic tour events because it was quite nice just like flying over to Sweden then you kind of got to just have a short drive to every event even though the weather's not always the best in Sweden it's normally pretty cold that, that's quite good but I Really enjoyed um, the Santander events. Um, oh, I can't remember what the course is called. Like I can't remember what the course is called, but it's the one that Rachel Goodall won at in the playoff. Um, but that was a really nice event because the course was really good there, even though it was like really, really hilly. Yeah, all the Santander events are really good on there as well. They always pick out really good courses. I quite liked pretty much all the events on Let Us. They always have such good venues. Was it Barcelona? No, it was, I think, um, it's not Barcelona. That was like El Prat. It's um, Zaragoza. Actually, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Um, Anna, the tour director, is Spanish. She, she did tell me the proper pronunciation, but I'm still pronouncing it really English, like Zaragoza. <laughs> um, that course was really nice. That's our finale this year, and I think it's um, a special, can't remember how many years, but of the golf course. Um, so it should be really fun as a tournament this year, like a bit extra. You said there that you, in your time at your first year on the LET, you like were away from home. Would you kind of describe yourself as a bit of a home bird? I can be, yeah. Like when I'm away and if I'm like enjoying my time away, I'm fine being away for a long time. But once I'm kind of miss home, I want to go home, I guess. Um, that's what I kind of found last week in Singapore, but that was more because in my head, I always thought once I played in Vestec, I'm going home. And because it changed last minute, I was in Singapore kind of thinking I'm, I was supposed to be home, I guess. And yeah, I do like being home, but then I do enjoy going away a lot. I just kind of like the balance, I guess. Like I'm not 
one of those people that can't ever be away from home for that long. I can. <laughs> I just enjoy my time when I'm home back with my family and friends. And family and friends, how much are they part of your professional golfing life? Most of the time, like, not, none of my family's like golfy, so you don't really talk too much about golf with like my siblings and stuff, which is kind of nice. Like, you kind of just spend time with family and most of the time they're just asking where I'm going to be going away to next and they're like, oh, that'd be nice and stuff, but they don't know too much about golf, so it's quite nice to... It's easy to have downtime when I'm with family, really. You just kind of chat about general life and things. Yeah, you're one of the 10% of players, pretty much, whose dad didn't introduce them to the sport. Um, Speaking of that, let's talk about your entry into golf. Um, Let's take it right back to the beginning. I read somewhere that you started at Top Golf. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, when I was 10, I went there with my brother. His one of my brothers, he's the only other golfer in the family, really. And he got me into it pretty much. And one of his best friends works at a top golf, so he took me up there. And that's kind of how I got started into golf. So, was it just playing casually whenever you could? Yeah, pretty much. I never took up golf to do it at a high level or as a career, pretty much. My parents just wanted me to do a sport pretty much as a hobby and just did it as a hobby. And I'm just quite competitive, so I got good quite quickly. And then people kind of said that to my parents when I was quite young still, that I could try and make it as a golfer. So they just kind of took the step and got me homeschooled and I tried to make golf my career, I guess. It never started out that way. And you said that you were homeschooled, which in for all our international listeners is actually quite rare in Britain. Um it is. how was that? When I was really young, when I first did it, I found it kind of hard because I found it weird that I was the only one being homeschooled, I guess. So I felt a bit almost left out because obviously it's not common at all in the UK being homeschooled. So it, you felt a bit odd being homeschooled. Um, but in the end, I did kind of like it really. Like I just enjoyed playing my golf and stuff. And I have so many good friends through golf. So it's nice because obviously I, in school, most of the time people don't play golf. <laughs> in the country so all my friends kind of understood golf and I get to play golf with them and stuff so I did really enjoy it a lot and I wasn't the smartest in school so I found it hard a lot and it made it easier for me traveling it'd be hard for me to catch up on school so being homeschooled I didn't have that pressure I could just go at my own pace interesting was it was it one of your parents who taught you uh my mom did a bit and then i did get a tutoring for certain things like that my mom didn't fully know but my mom's pretty smart really so she taught me quite a lot of the stuff really like basic things really yeah you obviously were very successful as an amateur i think you wondered Domestic Grand Slam of the England, Ireland, Welsh, amongst other events. I could go on, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) How was the transition from 
amateur to professional? Well, it's kind of weird because I turned pro after COVID, so I hadn't really played much as an amateur before I turned pro, really, which is kind of part of the reason why I turned pro in the middle of summer without doing Q school, because there was all the restrictions and being British, you pretty much couldn't play anything outside of the UK. And I was like, I'm not going to be playing many events and I don't really want to play against UK players, I guess. So I thought it's not really that beneficial for me when I've been doing that for so many years. And I was like, I might as well turn pro and I should be able to get in some professional events before Q school so that I'm at least playing golf before Q school. So I'm not playing nothing for like two years and then just going to Q school and that's kind of the reason why I turned pro and I just really enjoyed playing again I just love playing golf and after not doing that for so long because of COVID I just really enjoyed it. I think obviously you love playing golf but I always like to know why because I think a lot of people think it's uh, quite a boring sport or um, takes too much time what is it about golf that you love and keeps you going? I'm just competitive, so I just like competing and trying to do the best I can. And if I get in the position to maybe win, I just really enjoy that part, I guess. I've just got a competitive mindset, which helps me in golf. And you have so much time just to chat and get to know other people as well. And then, obviously, if you play with your friends, it's nice to be able to spend a few hours with them and just chatting away and having a laugh and stuff. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit too slow. Sometimes golf, if you're waiting. But yeah, it's really, it's a good sport. And no matter what it does to you, good or bad, you always go back for some reason. <laughs> it's one of those. You mentioned that you're competitive. Does that make mean that you prefer to chase rather than to, to lead from the day one? I don't mind too much. Um, I've won from either position, I guess, but I really don't mind. I just want to be in the position to be able to win, I guess. Because um, if it's to keep ahead, you kind of still try and be competitive and try and beat the person, people you're playing with, I guess, or shoot the best score you can, or just try and shoot like a personal best low for a tournament or something. Like, There's always something inspiring you, I guess, or... If you've got a big shot lead, you set a goal to keep yourself alert, I guess, and not go to relax and stuff. But I don't mind, really. I um, just want to try and win. <laughs> so winning is why you play golf and you've won a lot. Um, does that mean it's harder for you if you don't do so well? Um, Not really. I try not to kind of define playing well as always winning because it's hard to win in golf because you can be playing super good and not win as much just that's just how it is because sometimes you could be playing the best golf of your life and someone can beat you or you could play not fully your best and win so normally it's just by how you feel you're playing your scores and stuff I don't take it too hard if I don't win I just want to be getting better and playing good and you're only 21 I think first time in my life I felt quite old <laughs> um so you've got a, a many many years um how is how is it like as a young person playing such intense professional golf um from from you won let us when you were 19 was it yeah 19 it was young um how was that with the like the pressure and stuff uh it's pretty cool um I didn't find too much pressure 
like winning on the access i guess i wasn't thinking about it too much but i guess i've been in a competitive golfing atmosphere for so long that i kind of don't feel like i'm that young or new to it i guess so i don't really notice it so much being that competitive what's so we're all about honesty here on this podcast and there's many ups for life as a professional golfer but there's also always going to be downsides what's the biggest kind of negative with playing professional golf for you um it can just be tough mentally like I kind of spoke about at the start of the podcast it's just it's tough if you're performing at the level that you want I guess and just like if you're not doing as well as you know you can just because it happens a lot it's going to happen more than once more than twice in your life pretty much if you're playing golf competitively for any amount of time um it's just getting used to that bad form um yeah it's just like tough mentally a lot really through how you're performing or if you get homesick or something or don't like flying much it can be tough as well like traveling's not easy pretty much anyone on tour knows it's not easy traveling when you have like a six hour flight and like a five hour layover and then you have like a three hour drive to a golf course and stuff from the airport and sometimes you turn arrive to your hotel at like two in the morning and then you have to play the next day for a practice round that it's just quite tough traveling a lot sometimes and you need to get used to that (laughs) but yeah so would teleportation be what you choose as a skill yeah Yeah, it's quite (laughs) it's it'd be a lot easier because sometimes if you're playing a few events in a row and the schedule's sometimes a bit erratic with locations and time that you're have to fly somewhere then you've got jet lag and the time difference and you have like three three days in between and if you're not playing the pro-am you're not playing one of those three days and you're like i need to get up and out on like five hours sleep and jet lag and play like 18 holes or something and it's not a good start to the week sometimes uh, it just snackers you out after a while <laughs> Right. Um, so I'm now going to move us on. I, as you might have noticed on our socials, I put out a little um, call for questions to Lily. We normally yep. end with a quick fire round, but this is going to be a replacement instead. Because um, yeah, I've got quite a few questions that people want the answers to. So are you ready? First one was, you've actually mentioned this a lot, but you've said how competitive you are. As a not very competitive person... Is it still possible to do well as a professional golfer? Um, I'm not really sure. I guess most people who have turned professional in a sport are pretty competitive anyway. And to get to the level of being good enough to turn pro, I guess you are pretty competitive in some way. It just depends in what way. Different things drive different people to want to do something, I guess. So... Yeah, I think maybe. I feel like there must be some competitiveness somewhere. <laughs> Probably downplaying their competitiveness. Probably the most competitive person there. <laughs> Probably. Um, how do you... This is actually... I got kind of got this question, but I was also going to ask it anyway. How do you cope with the transition between Letas and LET? As you mentioned, you spent quite a limited... It wasn't spend that long on Letas, but 
um the kind of difference more events obviously the more travel outside of Europe is the tough bit like getting used to a long haul flights time difference and managing your time more because it's more like in the summer we start in May and then it's like pretty much solid all the way through till November if you're in all the big events with a false card so you need to kind of plan missing events on LET a bit more than access like if you're playing only access and not like a mixture of two you can kind of get away with playing every event on access I guess depending on how the schedule is but you kind of can't play absolutely everything pretty much otherwise you're going to be so tired and not with it that you're not really thinking about golfing I guess but yeah there's a few different elements yeah but it's not too different this one was from Tim how do you keep your concentration for four to five hours when you're playing golf well most of the time you have a bit of a gap in between shots um eat drink chat to your playing partners or your caddy um you know just amuse yourself i guess there's always something distracting you somewhere in between shots and stuff yeah um best part of being a professional golfer seeing the world pretty much you get to see all the amazing countries and cities and then you get to meet all the people around the world like i stay airbnbs a lot so you get to see all the locals and get to see what their lifestyle is like and then they recommend places for you to go and stuff which is pretty cool I really enjoy that part what's your favorite place you visited this isn't a question this is just me uh, okay. what is your favorite place well just to visit I love like Italy and France they're like two of my favorite countries how come yeah Italy I just love the cities I love the food I like the people and France is kind of similar they're both really pretty countries and there's so many famous cities and landmarks there. Yeah, they're just really nice countries, really. This, I love Europe. Yeah. This next question is from Golf and Cigars. <laughs> What's the goal for the 2023 season now? And also asks um, what you do to um, what you do outside the golf course. Um, but the first question was, what are your goals for 2023 season now? And a little side note saying, keep smashing it, Lil. Thank you. Um, I'm playing in a few of the big events, which are co-sanctioned with LPGA. So I'd like to try and focus my attention on those and trying to perform at my best for those, I guess. And I think I'll try and do maybe LPGA Q school this year at some point. And I'll just see when the dates are with those. But I just want to keep playing solid and see if I can try and win some more events. <laughs> and outside of golf, um, I like spending time with my family. I'll see my family a few times um, in the next couple of weeks because of not seeing them for my birthday and then for Easter and stuff. And then I like cooking and baking and stuff. So I do that a lot. That's nice. I'm a terrible baker, but <laughs> I end up burning everything. But if you, do you watch Bake Off? Yeah, I love it. Speaking of that, if you were on Bake Off, what would be your signature dish? Uh, <laughs> I'm not quite creative enough for that, but I just like making... I like cookies just as a standard thing, but I like making like birthday cakes, like 
I make like the family birthday cakes if I'm back home or if we have a family barbecue in the summer I'll make something and I like making my own birthday cake funnily enough people say I can't believe you want to do that and I'm like well I really like it I get to decorate it and stuff it's quite fun so yeah Yeah. It would be a very sad birthday for me if I made my own birthday cake. <laughs> Related to TV, this is, I think, my favourite question, is what reality, if you had to go on one, what reality television show would you go on? Oh, I don't even watch reality TV. Um, I don't know. <laughs> reality TV. I don't know many. I'm a celeb, Big Brother. Yeah. I always, when I was younger, I used to watch I think it would be cool to go on there, even though it's pretty terrible. <laughs> I would go on think. Yeah, I don't but I used to love it when I was younger. I'm a celeb. <laughs> um, last question from the socials. What was the favourite tournament course that you've played? As a professional, just ever. As a, they didn't specify, but I'm guessing as a professional. Okay, I really liked uh, Bonville in Australia last year, even though it was pretty wet because they had a lot of rain last year before we went there. That's just an amazing golf course, and I really enjoyed playing a uh, fan court in on the sunshine like a month ago. That was a pretty good course. We got to play. Otanikwa and Montagu and they were both really nice courses yeah there's quite a lot of really good golf golf courses on tour um Drumoland Castle that we played in Ireland last year was really 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 good that was a really pretty golf course and really good condition that's a really good course as well there's, yeah there's quite a few I liked <laughs> you played Augusta haven't you yeah is it worth the hype <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool it's more like you get to go and see where all the famous shots have been played and you get to see how difficult some of them are and yeah it's it's really good you really really enjoy it and yeah it's a really exclusive golf course so you feel pretty special playing it <laughs> amazing well thank you so much for the last 38 minutes one way we like to end it especially with you having gone through the let us program what is your best advice or any advice that anyone has given you for those players wanting to play on Letas or those currently playing? Best advice? Um, I guess just enjoy it because I just really enjoyed my time on there and pretty much the whole team, especially Anna, is just so helpful and nice and really like rooting for all of us. Like even uh, like me, who is not playing on it, she's still rooting for you. She'll always back you up and just enjoy it and just enjoy like the process of going through it it's really fun amazing and all of us at Letas and the LET wish you a great rest of the season and all the exciting things that are to come thank you thank you for having me Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast and a big thank you to this week's guest Lily Mae Humphreys, a shining star in the LET at just 21. Remarkable. You can rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you're listening on to give the series a boost and help others find it. Tune in next week when another golfing guest tells us more about life behind the ropes and their story. 
see you then.